Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we have a jam-packed show for you today. Lots of games to get through. Uh, unfortunately, lots of losses to get through, but uh, we'll, be, we'll be covering that. Some uh, team news, some movement in the assistant GM uh, world, and tons of trade rumor stuff to cover, like just beyond crazy stuff going on. So we have a lot of updates on that. Tons of fan questions, a good fan poll that we did as well. So a lot to cover in the show. So, uh, you know, buckle up and uh, strap yourself in. Uh, lots of stuff to cover. But uh, before we get into all this, I do have to let you know that Eddie and I were able to hang out finally. We haven't in a while. And we actually ended up going to the Nevada-Arizona border and, and hanging out on the water there, having a good time, Eddie. And uh, I look forward to maybe doing more of that. Yeah, it was so fun and just a whole coincidence where you asked me if I was a, if I was able to cover a game, like I might go to Arizona. You're like, I am too. And then I wasn't going to go cause I just wanted to relax. And then like the last minute decision, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. Um, it worked out perfectly. I got to hang out with you and your wife. We had an amazing time. It was cool to hang out with you. Uh, we went to the bungalow. That was awesome. It's just the experience and the timing of everything worked out perfectly. And, uh, I think the only unfortunate thing we had that uh, that weekend was somebody on this podcast dropped the glass accidentally. <laughs> that, <laughs> that person is me. And the thing is, I wasn't even uh, intoxicated yet. It was barely a, a buzz and I just dropped it. slipped right out of my hands. But Mike, thank you uh, for taking me out. Uh, we went to that Bubba Gump Shrimp. Shout out to them. It was great right off the river. It was amazing food. Your, your wife was awesome. Uh, hanging out with you was great. It's always a good time hanging out with you. I've never had a bad time. And each time I hang out with you, it gets better and better. Like, you're truly my brother. No, I appreciate it. It was fun, man. You're right. It was just kind of like the stars aligned. It was good to be able to hang out, you know, uh, and appreciate the same thing, being able to hang out and do stuff. It just kind of it just kind of worked out. We're going to try to maybe do some more of that. Um, and I spilled, too. Uh, ironically, I, I spilled a glass of wine too when I was out there after you and I hung out. So, you know, a, a, a little bit of, of drinking going on that weekend, but <laughs> it was a fun time. And, and yeah, I, you're my brother as well. And it's good that we can go kind of do some road trips and hang out. I try to go to Arizona and Nevada here and there. Uh, really, uh, over the last several years, I've done that where. Um, we, we go to Nevada, we stay at certain places, we go to Arizona too, just to get away. I also go to San Diego occasionally as well. Um, so it was good. It was good. It was a good change of pace, get away from, uh, all the busyness, kind of hang out, uh, you know, do our own thing. So fun times. We're going to try and do some more of that. So, um, for those, those of you that haven't listened to the show before, I'll just kind of give you a rundown of how we, how we do it. We, uh, we start out with the game recaps We kind of go through those, uh, quickly if you don't want to listen to that part, you do not, um, you know, care. Especially with a lot of these losses, I get it. Uh, you will not offend Eddie and I. We have timestamps now in the show, so you can go and look. We usually spend, you know, 25, 30 minutes in the beginning talking about these games um, in the description box, 
And in the articles we put out, there'll be a timestamp for the next section, which is the uh, the Ducks team news, which we cover. Uh, just kind of what's going on with the team. Um, we have some, some concerns from you, the fans, to add to this section. So we'll talk about that. And obviously some stuff with the front office as well. So we'll go into that. A lot of trade rumor stuff. That'll be the next section. And then we end up with league news or any kind of hockey news as well. And like I said, tons of fan questions to get to. We, we may not get to all of them, but we'll go to uh, as many as we can. So we also have a lot of sponsors too. If you don't know, we're part of the Old City Sports Network. Uh, shout out to Jesse Hall that recruited us and we were working together with him. We have a lot of more sponsors, some that Eddie and I have gotten and then some through them. So <clears throat> real quick, before we go into game recaps, check out bodycheckwellness.com. It's check, C-H-E-K, uh, and you can go there and get some different health and vitamin type um, products and use the code OCS, all capitals, for 25% off. Another thing that we're trying to do is kind of a little mini podcast thing. Um, there's a company called I-L-I-L-L-I. I know, it's pretty confusing, but... Um, you check them out. I, I did one for the Kings-Ducks game um, where we may start doing a little kind of uh, clips of us talking about the game uh, before or after intermission or whatnot. We're just kind of testing it out right now. So that's another thing to check out. I-L-I-L-L-I.com um, and, and look for that. So so let's get to all these games. Holy crap. Um, uh, it's just rough. I, it's just been rough. The Ducks came out of the All-Star break. Eddie and I talked about rest versus rust uh, when they had that extra time during the holiday break and in this first game they played Seattle one of the worst teams in the league but of course Seattle beats the Ducks and this was kind of a, a frustrating the Ducks come out of the break looks like Isaac Lundstrom is the only one really playing he gets uh, a couple goals in this game Raquel does get one on the power play but you know the Ducks give up a late goal in this one and they lose and it's not it's not a good uh, you're, you're coming out of the break, Eddie, and you're playing a team that's at the bottom of the league. You're at home, and, uh, I mean, they almost went to overtime and got a point, but but still, you lose to this team? I mean, it's just not a good start coming out of the break. Oh, no, it, it totally rest. It, it's rest. And the only, the only player that seemed to play was Lundy. Uh, it's good to see him get his 10th 11th goal of the season. And then, you know what surprised me, too? I didn't really, like, notice until this game. Was Drysdale is slowly creeping up on his points. He has as a 17th assist this game, so it's just it's really good to see a, a player like that, uh, someone from the future that's going to be a, a top defense uh, batsman for the Ducks, R racking up those points like that. Hopefully, it just keeps going upward. But I think the best thing that uh, everyone can take out of this game, despite this loss to a really a bad team, is that D'Lo fight. That was probably one of the Top 10 greatest hockey scraps I've seen in this era. Let's, let's, let's not go back in the day where they were just fighting the fans and everything like that. But it was it, the scrap was, like I've said it before, if D'Lo wants to come and take my girl out on a date or ask her out or hit on her, I'm not going to get in his way because I'm not going to want to scrap with him. That guy could really, really drop the gloves. And, and that fight was... That was a pure hockey fight, and if you notice too, when he fights, you always see that little like little good job tap he always does. He knows his role, he knows his job. I I love him on the team. I hope he continues to stay because he's gonna be an instrumental part moving forward if this team starts being a contender. Because he he just he's a team first kind of guy and will do everything for his team, and I love seeing that. It's just amazing. 
Yeah, that fight was crazy. I mean, I, I was like, when is it going to end? Like, this is awesome, you know? Um, fantastic. And, and D'Lo's just been killing it uh, with his fights lately. He's He's been going nuts. And you're right, that was probably the best thing out of that game. And then... <laughs> Maybe even the best thing out of the next game too, because the Ducks played Calgary and they got they got burned right six to two in this game. Uh, the Ducks went on the road trip. You remember they had to make up these games that were can or postponed from the holiday break, so they had to go to Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver next. Uh, there's nothing good in this game. There's really not much to talk about in this one other than uh, Lundy, like you talking about, keeps on rolling. He gets his uh, fourth shorthanded goal, which tied the team record. And then we saw D'Lo going at it. With uh, Lucic in this one, Eddie, uh, I still think the fight in, uh, in Seattle was a better one. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's all you really got in some of these games. It's just D'Lo fighting and Lundstrom scoring. I mean, there's just not, there wasn't really a lot going on in these early games out of the break. Luch is a big guy. He's been around. He's that typical kind of goon enforcer that's still around. Um, same, same row as D'Lo. Uh, less uh, skilled than D'Lo is, but yeah, it was a nice little good scrap seeing those big heavyweights go at it, and Lundy scores again, so it's just it's kind of the same as last game. We can take the positives out of these two losses. Uh, for the Ducks is I sake, I guess. Calgary's playing some unreal hockey. Markstrom's been lights out, playing a, a just great elite-style goaltending. Uh, I, I, I want to say maybe a, a Vesna type of candidate this season, so it's really hard to hold the Ducks accountable for this loss because Calgary's just been uh, on fire. <laughs> Better words to say. I know. I, I hate using certain terms like that, but it is what it is. I mean, Calgary's on top of the Pacific uh, right now, and they're just crushing it. So I wasn't surprised that the Ducks lost this game, but yeah, they just looked all out of sorts. Um, there, there was nothing good. They got down... You know, two goals early. I mean, Milano did get one early in, in the second period, gave us a little bit of hope, but then they answered with two more quickly. After that, it was four to one. And, uh, you know, it, it just seems like when the Ducks get down by three or more goals, it, it, you know, they're just done, unfortunately. And that's, that's what happened in this game. And so then they had to play Edmonton the next night. And the Ducks started out good. You had Milano getting another goal in the power play. You had Henrique getting a goal in the power play. Ducks built a, a two-nothing lead. Uh, our favorite, Evander Kane, who is still in the league, I don't know why, uh, scored on the power play at the end of the first period. And then the second period was all Edmonton. They just go nuts. Um, they, they end up scoring you know, five goals in a row. They take a 5-2 to two lead. And that's, that's all she really wrote in this game. Again, the Ducks get down by a bunch of goals. They can't recover. Unfortunate because they had a decent first period in this one. And then just, they just got smoked the rest of the way, Eddie. Yeah, I, I, I want to take the blame for this game because I wasn't watching when the Ducks scored those two goals, and then when I turned it on, that's when Edmonton just uh, went crazy and just started just beating them. And of course, you've seen Evander Kane score, and I agree with you. I, I don't know why a player like that is in the league still. And what's ironic about it is I don't know how some fans can support him. Uh, everything he's done, the video, like I don't know what you need to do. He's just a piece of shit. And I don't wish injuries on anyone, but I, he's the kind of player that I would. I wouldn't care if he got injured indefinitely and had to be out. Like, he just, it sucks. The sucks losing to Edmonton because of their Edmonton after the playoffs and their fans still cry about that, you know, goalie interference call. But having a piece of shit like that in your team makes it, like, hurt. Um, it's a bad loss. That's all I need to say. We can skip to next positive news for the next game, Mike. 
Yeah, we're not going to dwell on the losses too much. The, the Ducks didn't, did finish the road trip in Vancouver. This was their best game in this last two weeks. They uh, they went nuts on Vancouver. They ended up scoring you know, the first five goals in this game. You had Terry scoring right off the bat. D'Lo scores in this game right after him. Raquel, Henrique, Steele, all these, all these people scoring. And you had Henrique and D'Lo scoring twice. Ducks kind of let off the gas in the second half of the game. Um, ended up winning 7-4. to four. But uh, the Duck, this was a game where they badly needed to win. I mean, you, you lost to Seattle at home. You get smoked by uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Um, you know, the Ducks are still on the outside looking in for the playoffs. So, I, I, you know, I, I hate to say that certain games are must-wins. I don't know if, if, you know, it seems like every game now is kind of a must-win for the Ducks if you want to make the playoffs, which we'll go into a little bit more detail about that because a lot of you are kind of divided on the whole playoff thing. But... I was happy to see this game, Eddie, because, God, you come out of the break with those three losses, and uh, you start to wonder, like, what's going on with this team, and they were able to finally um, get it going. They also didn't have Getzloff, don't forget. He was out the last couple games with a lower body injury, and people were kind of questioning the Ducks lineup and, and Akins, which we'll get to him, too, a little bit later. But overall, great start to this game. Everybody involved. And the Ducks took it to the Canucks and got a couple power play goals. Yeah, um, it seems like they have good luck against the Canucks scoring uh, big goals or high amount of goals. I remember this. Uh, that I don't know if you remember. I think they won like eight or nine to something, or it was like a similar score. It was like years ago. I remember I came back on leave from the military. My buddy picked me up. I had tickets to go to that game versus Vancouver, but I haven't seen my buddy uh, probably a year and a half. So him and I went to the bar, had a few drinks. We're like, okay, we can't drive to the game. We're intoxicated. We'll just watch it here. And the Ducks just go nuts. It was so... I remember when Slotty was playing, he scored a power play goal. And it was like... I want to say it was like the eighth or ninth goal. He didn't even celebrate. That's how classy he was. But it just... That's kind of reminds me of this game. The Ducks came out desperate, fighting. They're on that losing streak, getting blown out in Edmonton. Like, they had to do something to answer back for it. And they did. I'm glad they did that. I, the only thing I regret from this game that I didn't like was D'Lo not getting his third goal. I was like really hoping for that, getting another hat trick for him. But it was still, all in all, a really good game. Yeah, that that one that you were talking about, <laughs> that was uh, on my birthday. And the Ducks blew out uh, Vancouver. And my uh, my buddy uh, over at Refuse Suck, he made up that t-shirt that had when the, when the Ducks blew him out. Um, nine to one is what it was. Uh, and you're right. Solani had his second goal. He, he kind of like let up and whatnot. I still have that shirt <laughs> and they, they went nuts. Um, uh, but you're right. If, if we're on a losing streak and you want the ducks to get out of it, Vancouver's the team to play. <laughs> so also Zegris, uh, in this one tied Bobby Ryan for the most multi-point, uh, games by ducks rookie with 14 games. So, uh, you know, some good stuff overall there uh, in this game. And then you had the Ducks coming back home. They played San Jose, and they ended up winning this game. Kind of a wild game. Uh, you had Derek Grant scoring early on this one and uh, on, a, on, a, on a 2 on 0 right? And then you had Raquel, who's been heating up lately. He gets two goals in this game. This one actually ended up going to overtime. It looked like the Sharks were going to win in overtime because the Ducks got a penalty, and it, and, it, and it didn't look well, but Zegers and Raquel come away with uh, you know some goals and the shootout, and the Ducks win this. I guess the only bad thing about this is you know you're playing division opponents. You you kind of want to win a regulation, 
But uh, the Ducks eke this one out, and they had they had a two-game winning streak briefly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was a nice little fun game. That first goal by that fourth line, that was like a first-line kind of goal. That little tic-tac-toe uh, uh, goal, it just that was like the, the highlight of the game. Um, it, this was a really entertaining game. I, I want to say this was probably the best game out of the few games that we talked about that the Ducks played. I love the fight they had in them. They didn't they didn't back down. The shootout goal by Raquel was just amazing. That little that backhand bar down it, it was wow. It's like a jaw dropping kind of goal. Um, the only thing another positive thing about uh, I guess this game that I would take that people wouldn't like is Brett Burns had three points and he's on my fantasy team. So I'm glad that he had the points, but I'm also glad the Ducks got the win in the shootout because it's always good to beat. Uh, division rivals, especially your California rivals like the Sharks and the Kings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you want to beat them. Um, kind of up and down game. Ducks were kind of badly outshot and lost the faceoffs in this one. But uh, Raquel, I was hoping Raquel would get a hat trick in this one. He ended up not. I know some people at the end of the game threw hats on the ice, and they were, I think it was Eric Stevens was like, What are they doing? You know, because the shootout goals don't technically count for your regular season total, right? So, but I think some of the fans were just like, F it, we won, throw it out there. I'm all for it, you know. So they were all excited in this one. And you're right, um, Raquel was great on the shootout. Zegers doing his thing. He, uh, I believe, is leading the league right now in shootout goals. I think at six or seven. I'd have to double check. You remember, Eddie? No, I was going to ask a question, though, a little like on the spot question for you. Do you feel that shootout goals should be counted toward your goal total at the end of the season or no? For me, I would say no. And the reason why is because it's not part of the regular game. It's not part of it's, you know, it's not five on five or three on three or four on four or whatever. I, I just don't think it should uh, because it's, it's a breakaway scenario. The coaches are picking the players. Uh, I don't. I don't think it should. That's just my take. What do you think? I think it should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why? Why? I mean, if you get hooked down and the ref calls a penalty shot, you're you're, you're still getting that goal credit to your your main like your main goal total. Goals are hard to score. These goalies are, are good. I mean, we see more saves than we do goals at times. Uh, I think if they go in and, and score those goals, it should count. And if I was intoxicated enough, I probably would have threw my hat on the ice too, even though how dumb that sounds. But I probably would have been one of those fans that did that. Yeah, I, I it's a tough one. I mean, I, I see what you're saying too. I just, uh, I don't know, because it's just not like even strength play or power play or shorthanded. But then you're right. It's like, well, if you have a penalty shot in the game, it counts. But yeah. Um, and they don't count it, you know, in the total score either, right? So like... Like you had Zegers and Raquel get a goal. It's not like they the Ducks won five three. It's just like okay, now they win four three. So that part's kind of weird to me because like, wouldn't the final if that was the case, right? Like you were saying, you count the goals for the players. So like, wouldn't you just add that total up at the end, right? So like in this case, it would have been five three Ducks. So that that's another thing. Then would you look at it that way? But. I don't know. Maybe it would be too much for the league. They'd be like, what the hell? I, I I don't know. That's a good one. Maybe we should ask that poll question for the next show, Eddie. Yeah, but you made a good point, though. Like, I, I guess I, I didn't think about that. When you do have that penalty shot, it adds to your goal total. But when you do a shootout, it's just you just win by that one extra goal. It's not, you know, so th that makes more sense now. 
So now I'm kind of like spinning my head like, okay, I have to like do some more thought. But yeah, that'd be a good poll question to see what the fans think. And I can do some more research myself and then we can talk about it and discuss that uh, next show. Yeah, no, I think it's a, definitely a good a good question. We're going to note it and, and put it down for the next one, see what people think about the shootouts, whether or not. And it's I think that's a two-part thing. Should it count for the players? And should it count in the goal total for the game then? So, um, you know, like we said, it's not just, okay, this team gets another quote-unquote goal, and now they win by one, even though they, you know, because if you have a shootout that goes seven rounds and a bunch of players scoring... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a good thing to debate, and I'm I'm really curious to see what you guys will have to say about that. So we'll, we'll add that as another question. I'll just save it for the next one because the one we have for this show is pretty good. You guys got pretty uh, intense on this one. So so the Ducks win two games. They look okay. They're kind of hanging around that wild card spot. Uh, LA comes to town. Eddie goes with his his new girl, who happens to be a Kings fan, and Eddie lost a bet sadly. But this game was pretty bad. The Ducks did not really do a whole lot in the first 40 minutes. Uh, they started to play in the third period and got a goal. But um, this game was bad, Eddie. I, I mean, sh- I, I'm sorry. You, I know you. I gave you the tickets and you got to go as your birthday present, but the Ducks literally laid an egg in front of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? Despite the Ducks losing, I had a great time uh, with my girlfriend. It was just, uh, our, I guess, our first game as actually being official. Um I had a bunch of friends there that we all met up with. A few people I play on my uh, Pink Whitney hockey team, so that was a shout out to them. So it, it was fun. Um, it just the play on the ice was terrible until the third period. The Ducks actually came and showed up. Um, I told her if if the Kings score that third goal, it's pretty much over. But if it's, it's if they score that fourth goal, it's done. And I already knew it was a done. But I was still having a good time and. Another bad thing too is like I was driving last night, so I couldn't really drink as much. So I let my girl drink more, and I'm trying to get a beer. Those lines were horrible, and the only line I was able to find that was small only had IPAs and a and Budweiser, which I don't drink IPAs, and I I wouldn't drink Budweiser. So I'm not a fan of it. So it's like I couldn't even get a beer. Um, I had to wait till after to go to the Jack Daniels Lounge. Shout out to them over there, that the bartender, uh, Hispanic guy. The bald head, he's awesome. If you guys go there, hook, uh, uh, show him love. He's a great bartender. He's really attentive and pours the drinks fast. But yeah, this game was was bad. And what really sucked too was not seeing the Ducks finishing their checks. Like, okay, you're down that much. You're playing poor and you're just kind of going for the puck and letting off and not finishing your checks. This is a freeway faceoff. I know hockey's changing. It sucks. But if you don't want to finish your checks or actually play hockey, then what the hell are you doing on the ice? There was no fights, no momentum changes. Getzloff at the end was trying to scrap, and no one came to his aid. It's like, dude, your captain's over there trying to to change the momentum. The game's lost already, but he's still trying to fire the boys up, and no one goes over there and, and has his back. It's just little scrums you got into. You're just barely pushing and shoving, like your little fifth graders at a, a schoolyard telling, like, hey, wait, wait, wait till after school kind of bullshit. That's the only thing that pissed me off about this game, and it just... The Ducks, I, I know their play was, was terrible and horrid, but the way they were just acting in the physicality of the department, even though they outhit the Kings in those little tiny hits they did, it was just terrible to see that. It's like, come on. Especially when your captain's over there trying to trying to scrap and getting two Kings. I, guess, I don't know who he was trying to scrap with. He face-washed someone. Another Kings player got him to him. There was like two in his face. And no Ducks players. The play's still going on. Hell no. 
If I'm playing in that team, you're my captain, and I see that happening, I don't care if I have the puck. I'm about to score a goal. Our, our dude, the Michigan, or our, our impress uh, hot blondes in the front row, I don't give a damn. I'm dropping whatever I'm doing, and I'm getting my, my captains back. And that, I didn't see that. The Ducks just kind of just laid down and, and and let the Kings like run over them. And it sucks, too. And I, I'm more mad about the bet I lost to my girlfriend. If you guys didn't listen to the last show, my bet was if the Ducks would have won, she has to put on a Ducks jersey. If the Kings win, I have to put on a Kings jersey. Now, I got to like sterilize my body and soak myself in hand sanitizer before I put that damn Kings jersey on. And you best believe I'm going to have a long sleeve shirt and a thermal before I put that on. But yeah, now I got to wear a Kings jersey. And I'll post it because it's part of the bet. And I don't want to, but it's just... Yeah, it, it was a bad game, but I had a good time and a good experience. Mike, thank you for the birthday presents. Uh, yeah, two tickets. Uh, we, we had a, still it was a fun time from the ride there to the ride back the, to the game. Just the play on the ice was bad. I, I wanted to see more physicality from the Ducks. I think if they would have um, put that more physicality, they probably would have changed this game a little bit. The outcome, the Kings came in real hot. I think this was their third game. Um, in a row winning and their road trips they had like what seven point consecutive streaks uh points on their road trips but i don't know the, the hits were were way in favor of the ducks but the hits if you saw it live weren't that good of a hit so it's just it sucked but it still had a good time yeah i'm, I'm with you on the freeway face-off i don't know what's going on it's not like it used to be in the past you know we had a couple fan questions about the the ducks uh king's rivalry and some of the fights and whatnot and uh it's not it's not like it used to be like especially when we had kessler it was like you know you'd score goals and like celebrate and like get in their face and and we had more fights and stuff uh you saw delo he tried to mix it up with lemieux a couple times in the game and lemieux just kind of skated away you know they were up by so much he was just kind of like f it i'm not gonna fight so you had delo and getzloff yeah trying to fight and, and getzloff same thing. I forgot who it was he was engaged with. That guy skated away. Um, yeah, it, it just there wasn't a lot of energy from the Ducks until the third period in that game, which was very, very frustrating. And, and we had some you know, fan questions talking about, uh, we had uh, Patrick, uh, F-O-U-L-K-E, he asked, you know, what's your favorite heated moment of the freeway faceoff? And, uh, uh, you know, going back in time, uh, I know Eddie's got one and I, I've got a different one. Mine, I remember, I don't remember which game it was, but it was the one where we called uh, Raquel, Rocky Raquel, and he was going nuts. And that was where it was like all 10 players were fighting on the ice. And we reposted those videos a lot. And um, that's the stuff that I remember, the stuff that I love. And in this game, uh, there that wasn't even there. I mean, there was there was Quick being his little baby self, doing a couple stupid things, getting Carrot kind of riled up and a little pushing and shoving. But, you know, we really haven't seen that kind of stuff like in the past, Eddie. Uh, going back in time, what would be your uh, favorite, you know, heated moment between these teams? Team Solani and Brad Richardson fighting. That was a... Uh... That, that, that was awesome. You, you see our our player, our legend, most, I guess, the most, I want to say the most liked person in hockey, dropping the gloves. That's just awesome. And I had to respect that. That's probably my, my favorite uh, heated moment from the freeway faceoffs. Um, that one you're talking about, I remember that vividly in my mind. I, I, that was just awesome seeing that old school mentality hockey. When teams really hated each other, these teams did not like each other one bit at all. And it kind of let up, so that kind of sucks on that aspect of it. Um, it's not as entertaining that they're playing little, just 
tummy sticks, what they called on spitting chiclets. It just I, I missed that that kind of old school mentality and that that passion and that fire. And we we seen it from Getzloff, and Getzloff's one of those those players that's coming to the end of his career, and he's gonna one of those last remaining ones. The game's changing, and in a few years we're not gonna see any of this. So we have to just kind of value the memories that we had of it. And hopefully uh, some new players, some new breed comes in and, and changes the aspect of it. I, I do want to uh, go back to that Kings game. I want to shout out Tom. Uh, thank you for being a supporter and listener to the show. Um, I didn't see the message uh, on Twitter that you you, uh, you tweeted me about uh, meeting up and, and getting me a beer. I really appreciate that. I wish I would have saw it um, so I could, uh, could, could meet you in person and share that beer with you. Um, hopefully next time when you're back in town or... When I go visit over there, maybe I plan to travel more. We can uh, kind of make plans and, and meet up and have a beer. But thank you for being a supporter. Yeah, and I, I actually talked to Tom right before I recorded this. So I'm going to try to meet up with him this weekend before he goes back to the UK. So uh, no big deal. It's all good. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll drink a beer because I know you're going to be going to Vegas again, Eddie. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so yeah. Eddie's like the traveling like party man, you know. No, no, you work hard, but you also enjoy your fun too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you though. It, it, it's like it, both these teams – are trying for a playoff spot, right? Like in the wild card mix. I, I don't know. You thought there would be more energy in this game, and there really wasn't. But but the freeway faceoff really hasn't been that intense recently. I, I, I agree with you. It just kind of, eh. You know, they're not really as mad at each other anymore. You know, yeah, Dowdy, a little bit here and there, quick here and there. Like you said, Getzloff's in the mix. But um, not like it used to be, unfortunately. So, But just a bad game for the Ducks. Uh, overall, I, I did want to mention too. We have um, our buddy Oscar, who's starting to take photos for us at games. He was there last night. Um, we've used some of his photos in the past, so kind of an update from just our perspective. Um, he's on Instagram as imagery by Oscar. Um, we're going to have him start taking more photos uh, on a more official level. Uh, it looks like next season, but uh, check out his photos. We'll be uh, posting more of his work too. So he was there last night as well, uh, unfortunately at, at the losing game. So um, now we'll kind of, we'll shift gears and we'll talk about the team in general and kind of what's going on. There's, there was some team news and, and some other things going on. We'll kind of evaluate their play and whatnot. This section of the podcast is going to be sponsored by buckedup.com. Uh, Eddie uses their products uh, a, a lot. Um, you can go there and use uh, Ducks and Pucks 93 for a discount. So uh, be sure to do that. Check it out, buckedup.com. Also for more of your health needs. We've got a lot of health sponsors, so it's kind of kind of our theme almost. But So let's just talk about the Ducks in general, Eddie, where they're at. They're in fifth place in the Pacific. They're 10th in the conference. Um, some observations of what's going on right now. We kind of talked about in the game recaps. They're... They can't hold leads when they get them, uh, unless it's a five-goal lead against Vancouver, right? If they get down by uh, you know three or more goals, it seems like they they can't rally. It's, it's kind of how they've been um, in the you know last couple seasons. Um, special teams play still in the top ten. Power play is sixth, uh, and the penalty kill is ninth as we're recording the show, but slipped a little bit. Both of those have been kind of higher. They used to be more in the top five. Um, what do you think? What are you seeing with this team overall? Uh, you know, we talked about playoffs and how we're not as big on that. We'll go into that a little bit later with the with the uh, podcast poll question. But just from what you've seen recently after the break and these games, what do you think about this team? 
I think reality is kind of setting in. Uh, we had a false sense of security before with this team. Um, we have to remember this is a rebuilding team. Um, they just came out hot. They came out strong. I think inexperience is getting to them. We're coming down to that crunch time now where teams are, you're going to either make it or break it. Uh, right now in the Western Conference, is really tight. And teams are kind of lingering around, but it just this game is 82 games, and it's a grind. And when you have inexperience in a young team like the Ducks do, you can't expect them to to go out there and make that big leap and be that contending team right away. It's nothing against the Ducks. I think they played phenomenal. They're playing fantastic. They've been fun to watch. Zegris has changed not just the Ducks organization, but changed the game of hockey, and I love seeing that. But you can't really expect this team to go out like 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 how they are and to to be that big this lingering team like Tampa like like Colorado they don't have that yet they're going to get there and Zegers is going to lead the way for that and I love seeing that but we have to really think to, uh what's the reality of the situation yeah we want the Ducks to win the Stanley Cup every single season like every fan wants that that'd be awesome but like like I said that rust kind of got them uh, reality got to them. Teams are more hungrier, more skilled, more experienced, and it's kind of getting to them right now. You can see it. Uh, I guess the growing pains thing you can you can kind of talk about too, which it's not really the factor because we've seen our, our, our rookies performing at a great rate, but it's just now reality is hitting. You, you can't rely on Gibson. You can't put that workload on him day in and day out and expect him to perform like an elite goalie every single time. No goalie in the world can do that at all. Uh, like It's just it's impossible. I don't mind this though, Mike. I I love the experience that we're getting and I love how the, our rookies are developing. Um, if the Ducks fall out and they just keep going down, I'm not going to get upset because I think they made a huge leap and this franchise is going to it's going to be dangerous soon, and we're going to be contenders, and we're not going to be talking about rebuild. We're going to look back and be like, hey, yeah, I remember the Ducks rebuild. It's going to be a, a, a memory in the past, but as of right now, it's just I think like reality is really setting in, and we have to be prepared for that, and fans have to just keep, keep up with your team, keep supporting the team, and know that this is still a rebuild no matter how the Ducks have performed. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm not as... I guess critical about some of this. Uh, I mean, some people are really like into this. Like, I, mean, I guess I'll kind of mention our poll question now and just throw it in here. I was going to save it for later, but since we're kind of talking about this now, I'll do this and then we'll talk a little bit more about the coaches and the admin stuff. But that's what kind of prompted our podcast poll question this time, where I asked, you know, how important is it for the Ducks to make the playoffs? And I, I really haven't done you know questions with a scale. Usually it's like, hey, here's a couple options. What do you guys think? So this one I put it on a scale of one to ten. I asked you guys, what do you think? Like ten being like, hey, they need to make the playoffs. One being like, I don't care. And it came out the way I thought it. Um, if you're saying that six to ten is is more likely, it's more important. You want the Ducks in? Well, that's what half of you voted. You said yes, it's important the Ducks make the playoffs. The other half of you. Voted from five to one, saying I don't care. I, you know, it's not as important. With actually, the highest amount of votes was for one being like the least importance. We had almost almost twenty percent of you, almost a fifth voted for that, and then it was kind of spread out. Uh, a, a good handful of you were kind of in the seven eight uh, range, um, and even the six range. You know that that you want them to make it. So it was spread out on there, 
And I, and I was wondering what people would do with this question. I even got heat for posting this. People were giving me shit, which I thought was funny because they're, they kind of alluded to what you said, Eddie. They were like, you know, why are you posting this and asking these questions? Like, you should want the team to win every night. You should want them to make the playoffs every year. Well, yeah, no shit. Of course I do. But I'm looking at what everyone else is saying. That's that's one thing we try to do on this show is we try to read you guys, the fans, and see what's out there. And I see a lot of comments of people that are like, I want a higher draft pick. You know, I don't care about the playoffs. Hence why I asked this poll question. Um, I'm in the same boat as Eddie. Yes, I want to win every night, especially against the Sharks and the Kings, you know, those kind of teams. And yes, I want to make the playoffs. Yes, I want to win the Stanley Cup. But what is the priority? Like, how important is it to you just this season as the way it's going on right now to make the playoffs? And you guys are very divided. You're, you're half and half. Half of you don't think it's that big of a deal and half of you are like yes it is a big deal and that's exactly why I did this poll because that's kind of what I thought what I'd get the results of and that's exactly what happened so I you know and it's funny I talked to my dad about this because my whole family's all Ducks fans those of you that that know me not just on social media know that like my entire family we're like Angels Ducks Rams like that that's our whole family that's the way we are oh yeah by the way go Rams won the Super Bowl thank God that was a crazy game by the way but anyways with the Ducks um, he he kind of wants them to make the playoffs. He's on the half of you out there that are like, hey, let's make the playoffs because my dad thinks that the team's young. Yeah, there'll be some changes and they need to get some experience in the playoffs. So I, I see what he's saying and I see what those of you that want to make the playoffs are saying. My fear though is I don't want them to go to the playoffs and get just destroyed and crushed, at least right now. The way they're playing now, they will not beat any team in a seven-game series. I'm sorry, they won't as they are right now. Obviously, we have the trade deadline. They could get hot. Other things can change uh, come March and April. I, I, I get that. My opinion might be different then. I'm just saying, as of right now, I, I am more concerned about um, them playing well in general and getting on a good streak and getting things worked out. And right now, Eddie, it's not there. No, I, I don't see it either. and I get it. As a fan, yes, I want them to win every game. I want them to make playoffs. I want them to do this. I'm a realist, and I've been watching this game like forever. Uh, I've, I've talked to uh, – I have friends that play high-level hockey. I talk to them. I've talked to pros, uh, especially in Colorado. I talk to a lot of the players over there, the analysts over there. And it's just – you have to really just – Stop and consider what you have in front of you. You really think this team's going to go far? I mean, yes, they might make a Cinderella run like the Montreal Canadiens did last season, but when it comes down to playing a powerhouse team like someone like Tampa, someone like Vegas when they get Mark Stone back, someone like Colorado it's just been playing absolutely stupid hockey. Even uh, you go to the Cup and play teams like Carolina or Florida have been playing outrageous hockey too. You can't. Uh, you face a team like Boston, how physical they are. They're going to wear you down. Um, I mean, you have D'Lo. D'Lo and Manson are your main guys, but it's like you need you need to up your game. From, everything's elevated in playoffs. It's just that's the hockey that, that I, I, that's probably never going to change. Physicality is going to win games. Goaltending is going to win games. Gibson can steal you games all he wants, but are you going to sit there and rely on Gibson in the playoffs taking 40 shots a night? It's going to get overwhelming. It's going to get tired. The fatigue's going to set in. No, I, I don't want that from this team. Now, if we go ahead and we use our uh, first-round draft pick we have right now, trade it, use it to get, bring in an asset with term, make the first round of the playoffs, get bounced out, I'm okay with that. Our players get experience. 
They know what it feels to play playoff hockey. It's not going to be new to them. They grow from there. We used our first round pick to actually acquire someone that's going to help our team for the future that has term. And everyone wins in that situation. I think that's the only situation I would want the Ducks to make the playoffs if they got rid of that first round pick and brought someone like Chikrin in or, or someone that's going to uh, uh, be a future. I'm thinking, I'm spitballing in my head right now, uh, from Buffalo, Olfelson. He has a great shot. Pair him with, with the right winger, pair him with Zegris. He can fire that one-timer in that top corner. Boom, it, everything wins. He's not worth the first round, but I'm just spitballing names out there. If we use that, that first-round draft pick and not get a, a mid-level or lower uh, for, uh, draft pick, we have to develop. We get actually a guy that can mold and play with our team, get the experience, and have that playoff mentality. I think it's a win, uh, win-win for everybody. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's why it's obviously our opinions could change after the trade deadline. And we'll go into that in a little bit, but we've got a ton on that. But I, I'm with you on that point, so I'll save the discussion for that. But you did touch on another thing about bringing in players, uh, putting them up with Zegers and stuff. And that's been a concern for a lot of you out there, too, is the lineup. A lot of people aren't happy with the way... Uh, Coach Akins is doing the lineup, and and that's where I kind of have some issues too. Um, you know, lately we've not seen Zegers with Milano; they've been split up. Uh, they haven't been together. I, I know there's been people wanting to see Milano, uh, Zegers, and Terry together. That would be great. I am all for that too. We haven't you know seen any of that kind of action. The other part of it that people don't like is the ice time. Uh, Akins is playing the fourth line. A lot of people uh, complaining about uh, Grant and D'Lo being out there a lot. Um, also, you have Robinson playing over Comtois. Uh, recently, you got that going on. And uh, it seems like in the third period situations that you're not putting out your younger guys like Milano and Zegras for whatever reason. If he's try- if, if Aiken's trying to protect him or whatever, what some people are talking about. But they're not putting those guys out there and you're putting out the other guys. So what do you think about the coaching part of this aspect? Do you think... Akins is is not um, making necessarily the best uh, lineup choices or adjustments during the game, or you think he's trying to protect the younger guys. What, what do you think about that whole aspect of how the Ducks are playing now with the coaching staff? I think he's made some questionable line changes. Uh, nothing. Uh, I think he's been a fantastic job. He's a great coach. What he's done with his team this season. If he's trying to protect them, I think that's bad, and I would disagree with that. Let them go out there and. And figured out on their own. I, I get it. Like you are daddy, and you want to protect your kids, but sometimes you have to let your kids learn from their own. Um, how how did I learn how to swim? My big brother threw me in the deep end, and I was terrified. But I started swimming. I know that sounds really bad right now, but it was just it was a, a thing that I needed because I was so afraid of the water. I was afraid of drowning, and I knew I knew like how to doggy paddle and, and swim like at a three foot level. But once he threw me in the little twelve foot, I. And he was right there. He would just, just abuse me and throw me and let me drown. But I think that's what you need to do with these young kids. Let them go out there and do their thing. Zegris is this kind of personality that I don't think you can stop him. He's going to do his thing regardless. So don't hold him back. Let him go. Let the leash off and just let him just fire. As far as the coaching changes, I don't think he's done a bad job. I don't think he should be fired. But we have a new GM. And I feel this new GM should be able to mold the team that he wants and not leave uh, or keep the scraps that Murray had. Um, let him let him go and at least interview different coaches. Interview uh, our, our head coach right now. Interview other coaches. Um, 
do a panel like you did before when you hired a GM and see what's going to be the best fit for the team and if a change is needed and let him start building this team as he sees fit and not have the scraps left over for Murray, like I said. Um, that's the only concern I have for the coach and only way I would want him to be uh, let go or I'll say fired. I hate the word let go. It's just stupid. But I just we have a new GM. We have a new era in Anaheim and I think we should do uh he should do whatever he wants for this team he wants to trade players that that we love dearly so be it we have to support our gm and trust in him and and hopefully he can bring us a cup soon yeah and we'll get to him a little bit in a second because there's uh some stuff that he has already started doing uh at, at the front office level which we'll get into and then we'll talk about all the trade stuff here in a second but as far as the coaching thing, I, yeah, we've got fan questions, you know, asking about who's going to be the coach next season. A lot of you are posting, you know, fire Akins. I see that left and right, especially when they lose. <laughs> that just you guys go nuts on that. And I mean, I get it. I, you know, you're upset about that. And there's some things I don't like. My my thing that's kind of interesting is that different coaches treat the fourth line, uh, you know, certain ways. So a lot of coaches will play the top nine. The fourth line is only out there sparingly. Others will try to roll all four. And I think Akins is trying to roll all four in almost every game. I don't have a problem with that. I, I get the, the ice time. Like sometimes Grant's got more time than Milano and Zegers. And Delo's up there too in time. That doesn't bother me too much. I, I don't have a problem with him spacing out the time amongst the four lines. If that's what he, he wants to do and try to do, I get it. I just don't like... When he's not putting those younger guys out there, especially in critical situations in the third period, because they're, I mean, they're going to have to do that eventually. Throw them out there now. And if they screw stuff up, well, then that's how they learn. Like you said, it's like the dad and the kids, right? Like at, at some point, you got to take the training wheels off the bike and let them ride the bike. Are they going to fall? Yeah. Are they going to crash? Yeah. Um, so that's my only thing is I, I think he's just trying to be too careful uh, with some of the younger players. Uh, and, that, and that's my thing. It's like, just put Seagrass and Milano together again, at least, and just let them do their thing. Let them go nuts. Let them try another crazy goal behind the net. Who cares? Like, let them go off. Let them just play. I, I think he's kind of restricting them too much. And that's my issue, Eddie. Um, I, I'm not too worried about rolling four lines. I mean, you, you want to be able to do that. You don't want to have a fourth line that's just guys that go out there and just fight all the time. I mean, like the old school hockey, that's you know a lot of what we've seen in the past, and now it's changed. So I applaud him for trying to play the lines evenly. But you can't take out these young guys in key situations, like you said. So we'll see what happens. And I'm with you. In an offseason, maybe um, Verbeek looks at it, and then it changes his mind. And that kind of goes into the other stuff that happened. We... Heard quotes of him talking about that he's going to let Akins do his job and wait till the, the offseason, which, okay, that probably will happen. But then we also heard him say that he was talking about the assistant GMs and he kind of gave a vague answer. I think it was in an article to Elliot Tiford where he was talking about it and was like, yeah, I'm looking at that and, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out with that. But then during these games, Dave Nonish gets let go, your phrase that you love. Um, by the Ducks, you know, according to the Athletic that came out, and now Scott Niedermeyer takes over uh, a lot of those duties, and the Ducks have two assistant GMs. So I thought that was interesting, and it makes me wonder, Eddie, will Verbeek do something else? I mean, we'll get to the players; we got tons on that, but I, I wonder 
if he'll do anything else with the coaches or assistant general managers. I think Solomon and Madden stay because of all their experience. Uh, Solomon with uh, the player contracts, his legal background. Madden with the drafting and all that. That's his big deal. I, I think they'll stay. But it, it makes me wonder, though, um, will he bring in another assistant GM? Um, Dan Wood and Steve Carroll talked about this on one of their radio shows. They don't know if he'll necessarily bring in another GM. Some teams have two. Some teams have three. So I have to kind of monitor that. And then I don't know about the coaches. Um, I mean, he said he was going to let Aikens do his thing to the end of the season. I, I, you have to kind of wonder, though, now, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, bringing in Niedermeyer was, was a great decision. He's one of the most respective defensemen, our players in the league. He one of the best defensemen ever in, in the whole entire National Hockey League. So bringing his experience and the respect that the guys have for him, a great thing. Um, Beaker... I want him to do whatever he wants to do. He, he lets go of anyone. He doesn't like someone that's selling popcorn. And he wants to change it thinking the team's going to do better. Like, do that. I, I don't care. Uh, this is his, his team now. And I'm going to support his decisions, whether I like it or not. I mean, we we all have to. I mean, we, we have a new GM. We, we suffered through Murray. And I've said it countless times. Like, we would never win a cup but Murray. And I'm glad he's gone. I'm happy about that. I'm glad that we have a new uh, GM. So we had to just put our trust in him. And as far as like hiring another one, like why not? Like three heads are better than one, that little quote that goes. I mean, why not have more input on decisions that, that's going to get this team moving forward and get this team to a Stanley Cup? So uh, I, I'm in it for whatever he wants to do. Um, as long as he doesn't uh, raise the beer prices, and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A beer price is always important at Honda Center for sure. Uh, it's funny too because you mentioned Murray. And, of course, he happened to resurface lately. He was hired by Calgary as a scout, was actually at that Ducks-Calgary game, and uh, Calgary hasn't said anything yet. I haven't heard an announcement. I don't know what they're waiting for, but there hasn't been anything. So, uh, again, I think it was the Athletic was first on bringing that one out. And I don't want to go into this too much because we've already kind of beat a dead horse on this before, but we have employees that work there. Uh, I remember one told me specifically that if he saw Murray walking around on the first floor, he would like go in the elevator or walk the other way or go down a hallway to avoid him. And now he comes back as a scout and he's back in the same building where all this, you know, uh, disruptive behavior, negative behavior is. Um, it's not a good look, Eddie. And, and, and I know I know people that have done detox and all that. He probably did a 90 day detox and got better with that. And, I, you know, I hope that whole issue for him, I hope he takes care of it. But the fact that he's a scout for Calgary and it's only been three or four months and then he's back in the building where a bunch of stuff's happened. Uh, I, dude, it's just, it, 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 it doesn't look good and it isn't good, Eddie. No, it's not. It's not good on the Ducks either for allowing him to be back in that building in such short of time. You're blaming alcohol for you being an asshole? No, I, I, I'm not believing that one bit. Like, it just... There's only so much you can blame. There's so many years and stories. Like we talked about the Detroit one. We're not like you said, we're not gonna beat a dead horse or like I like to say, beat a dead duck. But it's just it's like you said, it's not a good look. And it's kinda of shame on Anaheim for allowing him back in that building so soon. You don't know the kind of abuse that, that I guess the co your 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 workers had to deal with uh, dealt with dealing with him. Bad stories and seeing him again can kinda of trigger like more anxiety, more stress, it's not fair. Um, I, I seriously think he's using alcohol as a scapegoat. I hope that's not the case. I, I think he is. I think he's uh, still a piece of crap. 
in my opinion. Uh, it sucks that, that he actually has a job in the National Hockey League and he didn't take that time to really consider and, and better himself. This whole 90 days isn't going to cut it for me to, to do a 180 change. Um, I, the guys at uh, Cold Stove Pod, uh, if you guys uh, haven't checked it out, they're a good podcast. Uh, NHL Rumors Daily, they, they're pretty spot on what they, what they talk about. They kind of made an analogy of saying that Calgary hired him as a favor. Uh, for example, if you know if you have a buddy that breaks up with a girl, you're gonna let him crash on your couch. It's kind of thing, but uh, it's it's not a good look. It's bad, and you want to change the culture of abuse uh, by, I guess, by management and staff. Uh, you just took a step backwards by allowing him, allowing the Calgary Flames to hire him as a scout. The Ducks, same on you for allowing him to actually be in the building. Because I know you have say on what scouts and what reporters can be in the building, and just. It's not a good look in general for hockey. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Like, who who let him in the building? You know that that was the one thing when I heard he got this assignment, but then he was there at the game. I'm like, really? I I, I don't know. And the other the one last little thing I'll just leave with this, and we'll kind of move on because we want to get to a bunch of other stuff. Is um, you know, you have that NHL hotline. So all these people called and complained, did all the stuff. You you filled out all these things. You booted him off one team, but now he's back in three or four months. So what does that say for the people that called in on the hotline? Is that, yeah, I mean, is that hotline now just a, a PR thing? Well, we have a hotline so people can call and complain, but, uh, you know, you're not going to follow through uh, on the on the calls or, or what, is it just for show? I mean, it's just not good, it, 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 period. It's not, it's not good. I don't know about all the alcohol crap, if it's BS or not or whatever, like you're saying, Eddie. I, I, I kind of agree with you more on that, but you have this phone line set up and now he's back like, I just don't get it. And back in the same building where stuff happened, not good. It's just not good. Go ahead, Eddie. Well, I just want to like end this with positive news. Someone else was in the building, I believe, against the San Jose Sharks game. Someone on Ducks Nation posted it, but Kessler was back in the building watching uh, his former team play. So it was good to see Kessler back in Anaheim and at Honda Center. I, I, I totally forgot the name of the person that posted on Ducks Nation, but shout out to them. Cool little video. Uh, the fan that posted the video was like waving at Kessler and Kessler looked up and waved at him back. So that was pretty nice to see. So welcome back to Anaheim Kessler. And I know it's your last season before you officially retire, but it was cool to see Kessler back watching his former team play. Yeah. I miss that guy so much, man. He's just such a badass. I, I love that dude. Uh, that's good. Uh, you know, the other uh, switch to more positive too. If you didn't see it on Instagram, Raquel and his wife, are expecting a daughter, so they're making some posts about that. So, congrats to them on being, uh, you know, future parents. So, another little little tidbit there uh, on the Ducks, um, kind of news going on with the team. So, now we'll go to the big part. Everything everybody wants to talk about is the trade rumors and whatnot. This section is uh, going to be sponsored by NorseBeards.com. Uh, it's a grooming product. Uh, again, you can use OCS, capital letters, for 25% off, uh, again, through Old City Sports Networks, one of their sponsors, um, to help with uh, any kind of grooming needs with your beard or any other kind of uh, areas that you need to trim, right, uh, for, for, the, for the guys out there. So check them out, norsebeards.com. Um, so let's, God, a lot of fan questions on this, a lot of news in the last... Uh, week or two uh, about the Ducks. So we'll just kind of break it all down. We'll get to some of your questions in here. It's just going to kind of depend on the flow here. But, um, you know, Adam T-Town asks us, you know, word on trade deadline. Well, here you go. This is a lot of word on the trade deadline. Um, 
Uh, we had uh, KUYA underscore Kirk on Instagram asked, you know, about the Ducks trade and their UFAs. So we'll go into this and we'll just, just break it down. I, I kind of put it by the three big players, Raquel, uh, Lindholm, and Manson, right? That's what a lot of people talk about. There's some other players we'll get to as well. But uh, I guess we'll start out with Raquel, Eddie. This seems like the, the, the one most likely to be traded. That's what uh, Frank uh, Cerebelli has on his list. He had him as 21 on his trade list. He's now 25th. But he thinks of the big three that he could go first for the Ducks. Uh, the fourth period is saying that the Penguins are connected, the Bruins, the Lightning, and the Rangers. Also, I should add that Toronto is in the mix on all these teams, or all these players, for some reason. I, I don't know what it is. I, I know, Eddie, you have something to say on that. But uh, in a minute, uh, just real quick on the Leafs, they have Muzzin on the LTIR. So now everyone's going nuts saying that, you know, Lindholm, Raquel, Manson, any one of those can go to Toronto. Uh, that, that's kind of the big thing. But... Of the three, they're saying Raquel might go first, Eddie. What do you? What's your take on Toronto and Raquel and that? And then we can kind of go into Lindholm and Manson. Everyone's going to Toronto. Everyone. You can say Connor McDavid. Everyone. I have a few guys from beer, my, my, my beer league team. I, I never remember to go to Toronto. It's just I don't know their media. I don't know what the hell goes on over there. We're just They're linked to everyone. It's just weird. See, I have a dog looking at me all weird right now. She's sitting right next to me. She even said, like, her ears are up. Like, Toronto? Like, yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I think Raquel would probably be the easiest to trade. Not really easiest, but I guess the most feasible to trade right now. You don't want to uh, uh, kind of jump the gun on Lindholm. He's the highest value you have. And Madsen, it's just you don't you don't want to trade a defenseman like that when you're gearing and gearing this team up to a potential contending team in the next year or two. You want someone like that on your blue line. You want someone that players know that. If they any play, other team crosses the line, they have to deal with him as well. Him and D'Lo just are are kind of the the one-two punch of the team, the physicality that you want on the team, especially in playoffs. The, these two players are, um, are are just something else. They put fear in other teams. I know Shane uh, Shaner ZZZ asked like how the Ducks gonna win with the one-two guys that only check. Well, I mean Madsen and D'Lo are the the main guys that that fill that role in that department and you want to trade away Manson and just have one guy that does that? No, I, I don't know. Yes, I, I agree. I think Lin, uh, Raquel would go first. He'd be the easiest. There's been rumblings that Lindholm wants to either test a free agency or they're talking to him about an extension. But, I mean, if, if I was thinking, I know we had a trade question too and I'll jump the gun and I'll uh, get your name when I see it. But I think uh, out of all these three players that are UFAs, I probably want to see Manson stay and the rest go. It sucks to say I have a Lindholm and I have a Raquel jersey, so as a fan, hell no. But I want to do what's best for the Ducks and what's going to have them have a better future. And I think letting Raquel and Lindholm go and getting assets for them will help. And I think keeping Manson and re-signing him, which I think he he loves playing in Anaheim, he'll take a team-friendly deal. Um, It works out for everyone. Yeah, those fan questions you were talking about was uh, Easton Hagarth. He, he was saying about Raquel Lindholm Manson. Who, who do we think will be gone? And then we had uh, D-E-M-S-W-E-E-G-S on Instagram. Also, like, who gets likely traded out of those three? And he wants he wants Lindholm to stay is his opinion. Um, so, you know, and a lot of you were asking us questions. Everything's about, you know, the trade deadline. So if we didn't get to your question, we're sorry. We got, we got blown up with this, especially this time around. But... I think of the three, Raquel would be the 
not it's unfortunate because he is playing a lot better now he's got six goals in the last nine games you know he had two goals in the shootout winner uh against san jose he's definitely playing better i I think he is the one that of the three has the least value to the team because you know you've got terry you've got milano you got zegris you've got these younger forwards coming up doing their thing um and you you know those guys are the ones that are going to be the future we hope for long term right so it seems like if you lose Raquel, yeah, as a as a fan perspective, it sucks. I mean, I, I mean, he's great and like him as a player, um, you know, and 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 they're starting a family too, and they're out here, so it's tough because it's part of the business. But um, I I really think it's interesting what they could try to get for him. A lot of people were comparing him to Toffoli, which isn't really exactly a good comparison. Uh, it, it is, but it isn't. Um, Raquel's got 14 goals and 11 assists right now, 25 points. When Toffoli was traded, he had 9 goals and 17 assists at 26 points. So very even on the points. But the big thing here is you have Raquel's done at the end of the season. There's no more contract for him. Toffoli is signed for two more years. So when they traded Toffoli, they ended up getting a first-round pick for um, this year, a fifth round in 2024, Tyler Pitlick and prospect Emil Heinemann. Um, which is good. I mean, yeah, they got a lot for Toffoli. I, I, I just don't know with Raquel. I do think he's most likely to, to be traded out of these three, right? If if uh, if one of them we had to said was going to you know be moved, but I don't know if they, he can get that kind of return, Eddie. I, I definitely think he can get some picks here and there and some players, but I, I just don't unless they maybe work out some um, extension with whatever team he's going to go to. I don't know if he's going to get back four pieces. I, I think he gets back three pieces. Um, you know, an early draft pick, a late draft pick, and, and maybe some kind of prospect player. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, I don't. I, I can't see that return. Now, if he starts getting hot, he starts putting those goals like that, that uh, season before when he should have been trading was really hot. His like, his value was up. Maybe, but the whole thing is he's a, he's a UFA, and like, teams are really going to give up this big of a. Uh, I guess return for a UFA as uh, someone that they're going to gamble on him. Obviously Vegas doing it, but Vegas is is Vegas. But uh, all the other teams, it, it's just hard. Now, if you do a kind of re-sign and trade, then I can see it. I, I can see him fetching a, a lower first round pick from a team that's contending and think that he can bring in and, and help them win the cup. I can maybe see them uh, getting a prospect or a roster player, but not that big of a return. It's just sorry, unless it's a sign and trade kind of deal, but. At that point in his career, if the Ducks are willing to trade him, I don't think he'll do a sign-in trade. I think he wants to test free agency. It's a unique thing that these players have not experienced in their life. They don't. It's a once-in-lifetime experience for these players. And I, I know that they're going to want to sign, sign long-term. So I, I just can't see uh, Lindholm or Raquel doing a sign-in trade unless they really had their hopes on uh, going on a team. But it just it's not feasible. Yeah, the other part of this equation came up lately from Elliot Freeman, too. He was talking about the Ducks are concerned about term with the, uh, you know, the, obviously the pending free agents. And he kind of questions whether or not the Ducks would pay more in the short run for these players. So that's something to consider. Would Raquel Manson or Lindholm take more money, say, in a three-year deal or a four-year deal? as opposed to a long-term deal of seven or eight years. And and that's that's something that they'd have to consider. Um, 
I think it's a good sign for Verbeek that he's looking at it that way because Murray was so much more on, oh, I'm just going to give this guy a bazillion-year contract for this amount and a bazillion-year this much, you know. And you've got Lindholm who's getting a little up there, right? I mean, you want to give him an eight-year deal at $8 million? We talked about that in the last show. You know, I don't think Verbeek's going to want to do that. But would Verbeek give him an eight or $9 million deal for four years and you know I, I don't know and then that's going to have to be negotiated out you got Claude Lemieux who's representing Raquel and Lindholm how that's going to work out there's different things going on right now it sounds like the Ducks are talking to Lemieux with re- regard to Raquel and Lindholm but you know it, it's tough it could go either way I'm, I'm really curious to see if they would bring them back for a shorter deal I think Lindholm is the harder of the two I think because of his value and what he brings uh, I think he, he could get a long-term deal or a significant amount somewhere else. But does he want to always be a duck? Does he like staying in Southern California? There's those other things to weigh out too. You know, would he take a four or five-year deal? I don't know. I, he, he might not. He might want that long-term stability, get that eight-year deal, and then he knows he's he's pretty much, you know, good to go because then he'd be in his mid to late 30s and, you know, he, he doesn't have to worry about going through this again. Uh, is another thing because you take that four or five year deal if that's enough for him fine but if it's not then he's going to have to figure out you know go through this whole thing again um so but of those th- those are the kind of the ones i think i think raquel for sure uh you know frank cerebelli thinks uh either manson or Lindholm go and one stay that kind of seems more likely i know with manson i've heard that they're resting him right now because of his hand issue um they, they want him to come back at, at, you know, whether it's 90% or 100%, they want him to be back. So they're kind of waiting on, on rushing him back is what I've been hearing, which is kind of interesting. Um, and he should be back before the trade deadline. That's what I've heard, but uh, they're not rushing him. So that's kind of interesting because that makes me wonder, are they trying to do that to trade him then and then sign Lindholm? You know, there's just so many ways that this can go right now. And it's crazy time. You have Verbeek in there. Thank God no more bargain uh, Bob freaking deals. Uh, you know, it looks like there's going to be some real hockey trades come this trade deadline. Um, we also had Cerebelli talked about Larson and Silverberg being traded. I don't know what they get for Larson. He hasn't played that well this season, unfortunately. Um, Silverberg... He's, he's been, you know, kind of inconsistent and he's still got that, you know, five million um, hanging on his thing. So unless the Ducks retain some for Silverberg or there's some other pieces, you know, I don't know if he could get moved too. But there's a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, I, and I would even throw Comtois in the mix of all this too, Eddie. He's not been playing lately. I asked uh, Dan Wood and Steve Carroll about that on their on their show and they... They think that uh, Comtois shouldn't be playing, that he hasn't really earned his right to come back and play. And I usually agree with Dan Steve, but I, I don't agree with him on that one at all. I, I, I think that, that that is partially true, but it, how can a guy go out there and prove himself when he's on the bench most of the games too? It's, it's kind of a catch-22. So I, I get it when he's not playing as well and you bench him here and there, but... I mean, you had that game against the Kings. I mean, he might have been fired up for that one. You didn't put him out there. Uh, that was kind of surprising. So I'm wondering, you know, with Comtois, what's going to happen? I know that's not a big, you know, contract and all that stuff. But uh, is that someone that you use in, in a deal, too, with some of these other guys? Or, or to get a bigger return or, or something you move with Silverberg and things like that because of, you know, his contract. So there's just so much going on right now but the bottom line is i would say out of uh, raquel lindholm and manson 
I would think for me, Eddie, one is gone at the trade deadline and a good chance maybe two. Okay, so my question is, if you're the GM right now, what do you do? You know what I would do. I would trade Lindholm and Raquel and keep Manson. And if you can bring back Lindholm in the offseason, so be it. But you have two players that can get you some assets that can help build this team for the future. You can possibly get a, a player with contract and term that's going to help you for the future. I think we need Manson. I'm sold on him. I know a lot of people give him shit, but I think he's a player that that he makes other players around him feel comfortable because of his physicality. I mean, look at that fight with Tyler Myers a while back when I think Tyler Myers was trying to go after someone else and he knocked the crap out of him. Uh, just I, I, That's my thing if I was a GM. So what would you do right now, Mike? If it's trade deadline, you're on the clock. It's an hour, uh, an hour to go. You have to trade some of these guys or keep them. What do you do? Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think Raquel, you do trade. You, you try to get as much as you can for him. You've got a lot of other younger players coming up that are going to, you know, do their thing. So I, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with uh, Raquel. Lindholm, I don't, I mean, wherever he goes, he, he's going to take a big contract. So I, I don't see him, uh, you know, just going and not signing. I mean, if somebody only takes him as a rental and doesn't resign him, they're, they're crazy. I mean, if that happens and we can get him back, then if, uh, yeah, of course. But I, I don't see that. I think you try to get your maximum out of Lindholm. And then you got to bring in someone to offset that. I think you try to get Chikrin. We talked about that in the last show. Problem with that is Arizona is out there asking for the world. You know, they're asking, they're talking to the Ducks about like Terry, for example, which you know the Ducks aren't going to trade Terry for Chikrin. That's like absurd. But they got a lot of a lot of buyers on the hook, so they're they're just trying to you know see what they can get. But I'm with you. I, I think you trade Raquel and Lindholm. You keep Manson. Um, and then I, I think you do probably shop around come twelve as part of something in there, uh, unless unless Verbeek's you know gonna get rid of Aikens in the off season, and then you know maybe come twelve's not in the doghouse anymore, uh, something like that. But I, I'm I'm with you. I'm kind of in the same boat. I think you you trade two out of the three, if you can bring back Manson, you do, and get him an extension. Uh, I, I don't think his hand thing is as bad as they're saying, but they're also trying to rest him up. So. It's kind of interesting situation there. Um, another thing I've been hearing too is with the way the Ducks have been going, that almost nobody is safe on this team. I've heard that uh, that Verbeek might go all out on this trade deadline. The way the Ducks are playing right now, they're not really giving him a reason not to go all out. So, you know, there's a good chance that he he goes nuts. You know, and I, I don't mean in a bad way. I'm just saying that he he's probably going to be wheeling and dealing. But I, I'm with you, Raquel Lindholm. Um, I wish they would have traded Raquel last season, not because I don't like him. You know, as a fan, of course, I want him on the team. I think he's a great player, but I think his value was higher last season. Now there's nothing to add to it. With Lindholm, it's a little bit more tricky because it's like Elliot Freeman said: it's all about the term with him and the cost. Uh, the Ducks going to pay him more of the short term? Maybe. I, I, I don't know if they can do that or not. Um, you know, not that the Ducks can't do that, but I don't know if Lindholm will want to do that. Um, you may be able to get that by with Manson and get him out there. And, and you're right. Part of the problem with this team is we don't have um, a lot of physicality on this team. You, you have D'Lo, you have Manson. Sometimes Carrick mixes it up. Obviously, Getzloff gets in there. But on the blue line, you don't have a lot. So, I, I, you know, looking at it, I think we're in for a wild time um, coming up on the deadline. I think there's going to be some moves for sure. And it's going to be exciting. And 
you know, it, it could be a complete fire sale. Um, it could be if the Ducks keep losing like they are because they're not playing well. Let's just be realistic. Yeah, they had a great start against Vancouver in that game. But other than that, these these last six, seven games, you know, out of the break, they haven't showed me a lot, unfortunately. They just haven't. And they were talking about, you know, waiting towards the trade deadline to see where this team was at. And that was kind of kind of dictate the trade deadline. And so they're going down this path. The Ducks are going to be sellers at the trade deadline. There's no doubt about it. The question is, Eddie, just how high or low are they going to be as a seller? Yeah, and you know what? Like, I know Commerce in the doghouse with him, but trading him would be a big mistake. You have a gem right there. You have a guy that can, not afraid to mix it up, not afraid to get in front of the net, knows how to score goals. He's having a slump season. Okay, so be it. Next season, he can just jump back up. You don't know if a coaching change will rejuvenate him. Look at Cole Caulfield over there in Montreal. Uh, you had Marty St. Louis go in there, and he's just absolutely going bananas, having points in consecutive games, playing a different style of hockey. Maybe that's what uh, Comer needs. I think he's a player that you need on this team to provide that energy, that physicality, that's not afraid to go in front of the net and get those dirty goals. He's a, he's a goal scorer. He's that kind of two-way physical forward that you really want. Trading him would be a huge mistake, and I'm afraid if they do jump the gun and trade him, he's just going to go and tear it up with another team and be that kind of elite-level scorer that that we know he can have that potentially to be the style of play that he does play. So I, I think that'd be a, a huge mistake. Um, I know we've heard uh, Delorier's name come up. I know a lot of teams would want him, especially for the playoffs. I think trading him would be a big mistake too. I know a lot of fans... I guess I want to say the new school fans don't think it's a need for him, that they don't like fighting. I disagree with that. You guys should play uh, some playoff hockey or really dive down and watch how playoff hockey is played because you're going to want a guy like this. He provides more than just the fighting and the additional uh, occasional scoring. He provides that security for the other players to be able to make the moves that he does. Uh, Zegers making the his plays and doing the Michigan, you know, I think he has a target on his head. He probably does doing crap like that. But you have players like D'Lo, you have players like Manson, you have Comer in there. You touch Zegers, you even have Getzloff too. You, if you go after Zegers for doing things like that, you get to answer to them. I don't think you want to answer to D'Lo. I don't think you want to answer to Manson. I don't think you want to answer to Comer. Just especially Getzloff too. He can mix it up. You don't want to answer to those guys. So they create that kind of space for those players to be creative and do their thing. Yeah, and if if you're looking at, you know, where we're at too, you're t- you know you're talking about that. I agree with you too. Uh, keeping him along, I just kind of give a little breakdown here of where we're at with the um, like looking at cap friendly and just just looking at the the forwards right now for the starting lineup. I, I guess you would say for the Ducks, right? So you all know about the big three. We've hammered that home. You still have Getzloff you have to figure out right at the end of the season whether he's going to try to go somewhere or not or come back. We've also talked about how he wants to maybe be a GM in the future when he you know retires. So there's some things for him to work out there. I, I don't know. Maybe he retires in the offseason and, and then takes Nonish's spot. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wants to come in as assistant GM with the Ducks. Or are they going to bring him back like Solani one year, one year, one year, right? So that's another one to consider. You have Milano's an RFA in the season, so they in, you know have his rights. Comtois is also an RFA; they've got another season, so they still have some time to figure out. He's at two million right now of what's going on. 
um, if they want to trade him because they don't think that he's worth that $2 million and is kind of in a slump. But I, I think there's something going on more between him and Aikens, if anything. And yeah, he has not played as well this season. Of course he hasn't. But I, I just think he's been too much in the doghouse, right? So there, there's that to consider. Um, you mentioned D'Lo. Uh, he's also UFA at the end of this season. You got uh, on the lesser scale, Buddy Robinson and then Sam Carrick. Um, I hope they bring back Carrick. I think he's a great workhorse. And I'm with you on D'Lo. Uh, you know, there's there's people out there that you know think that he can get a high draft pick as a rental. I, I, you know, I don't know about that. He's a one million dollar contract right now, UFA. Uh, he could have got a high draft pick last uh, year. We talked about that. We actually talked to him. He said he, uh, Pittsburgh was looking at him for a third round pick. So that was, but that was last season. Now now he's just a UFA. I, I don't know. If someone will go for that, uh, and I'm still down with having him on the team, like you said, to have that role, like to to have that fighting role. Um, some people don't like it. I get it, but um, I still think he's valuable to this team, especially on the fourth line. So uh, I I would keep D'Lo. I would keep Carrick if I'm the GM uh, on this team. Uh, Buddy Robinson, right? No big deal there. Obviously, you try to get your RFAs signed. You also have Steele and Lundstrom uh, as your forwards that are RFAs. Um, you know, in that matter, I the other one I look to trade is I look to trade Sam Steele. Um, I, I just don't think he's to me. You want to talk about disappointments? I, I hate to say it, but he's been a disappointment. You're talking about a guy that was tearing it up uh, before he got to the NHL, and now he's just. I know he worked hard in the offseason. He was posting stuff on his Instagram. Nothing against him. But if we're going to move another person, uh, I would throw Steele out there. I would trade him. Um, you know, Like we said, uh, Cerebelli mentioned Silverberg. That's kind of tough. $5.2 million for the next couple years. Um, I don't know. You're either going to have to throw in another player or pick or, or retain salary. Um, I wouldn't be upset with them trading Silverberg. I'm not saying that they shouldn't try to do it. Because he's also kind of fallen off too. I'm okay uh, with trading him. So that's why I'm saying, you know, when I'm hearing that, that, that this could be a crazy trade deadline for the Ducks, I, I don't doubt it because you're looking at this lineup just in the forwards. And who are the guys that you're, you're looking at probably keeping on this team? You have Henrique, uh, Comtois, which is kind of iffy, we said. You have Milano, Troy Terry, obviously, Zegris, obviously, Lundstrom, right? Sam Carrick. So, you know, it's like half of these guys you definitely want. And the other half, you're kind of like, okay, you know, I could trade a Grant. I could trade a Sam Steele uh, or, you know, Buddy Robinson or not sign Buddy Robinson, right? Just in the forwards is what I'm going at there. It's kind of all over the place, Eddie. Uh, I mean, just looking at that part, if you pull up Cat Friendly and look at the situation with the forwards, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, what, what do you think as far as you know, all the forwards and anything else that you would add or, or you would do. Um, I, I just think for me, the other ones that I would try to, to move would be, which would be hard, Silverberg and then for sure Steel. I would try and move those guys. No, I agree with you. Uh, I think Steel was, I think a change of scenery for him would do him just and getting a return for him, uh, for knowing his potential and other teams can probably see that and he'll be fine in a different organization. I think from day one, it was a, it was a lock that he doesn't have a place in this team anymore you scratched him on opening night and brought in mason mctavish uh instead of uh sam Steele. you brought in a brand spanking new rookie and you scratched sam Steele. so it's kind of like okay where does he fit in this organization now yeah he's he scored some big goals for us you see those those flashes of greatness but it just hasn't produced and i, I you, ha, you can't really blame him 
the, the scratches and especially the opening night, it's probably hard to bounce back from that mentally. Um, like I'd be surprised if he's a duck moving forward after the trade deadline, but you never know with his GM might see something different. He's might, uh, scout him differently than we do. Um, uh, coaching change might happen in the offseason if, if Beaker wants to bring in someone that he wants and mold his team that he wants. And that coach might want Sam Steele to be part of the future and give him a bigger role and, and see how he can develop and flourish and reach that potential. But it's just it's hard to say right now, especially after that, that scratch at the beginning of the season. It's just it's a big kind of a F you to a, a player that, that kind of earned his roster spot and you bring in a, a brand new rookie that you just drafted. So. Yeah, and I think we'll kind of end, end the discussion on, on, on that note. I mean, we kind of really hit everything. And, I mean, obviously the next couple shows leading up to the trade deadline. <laughs> excuse me, the trade deadline. We'll talk even more about all this stuff. But that's that's where we're at. I, I, I really think um, some stuff's definitely going to happen at the trade deadline. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be some some moves and stuff, but they ain't going to be these, these wino moves so I, I'm excited and nervous at the same time, but I think we got to get this rebuild going. So um, with that, we'll get to the last section of the show. We'll talk about kind of league news and I guess hockey news because the Olympics. And this section is brought to you by uh, Z-Stack. If you need a multivitamin, this is a good one. that's got vitamin C, D, zinc, and quercetin. Check it out, zstacklife.com. Uh, you can enter my name, M-I-K-E, Mike, and you get a discount as well when you go there. So zstacklife.com. Check it out. So league news, Eddie. We did have the Olympics in this last little bit. Kind of uh, a surprise. We had no Team USA, no Team Canada in the men's. And we had Finland winning their first ever gold. Tamu super excited, posting a locker room video of them going nuts, which was exciting. And then you had in the women... You had Canada taking home the gold there. What what did you think about the Olympics in, uh, in terms of hockey? Disappointing. Um, I was watching the women, the uh, Canadian-U.S. game, and I was hoping they would uh, pull it off. But unfortunately, U.S. didn't. Uh, Canada played a good, uh, good, great game. It, it was a really fun game. I think it was more entertaining than the men's uh, division. So uh, good job for the women on that. Uh, congratulations to the women uh, Canadian team, U.S. Silver in Finland. The men's game, it was surprising. Uh, USA got bumped off. Like, come on, you couldn't just just advance and do anything. I, I know I'm surprised Russia, or I'm sorry, um, Canada is always favored to win it and everything. They they are the country of hockey, and they didn't. It was good seeing Finland win and, and Slovakia. I think that was their first medal ever. And so, watching videos of their uh, their fans going nuts, a celebration, a youth team was just going crazy when they won it. So congratulations to, to everyone that performed and participated. And I, I'm against the players going to Olympics. Um, I, I like the traditional, just like amateurs, I guess. But I kind of like want it, it now, if that makes sense. Like you always want something unless you don't have it. And it's like I wanted to see, I guess, the best of the best play. But you have to give credit to the women. They, It was a really fun tournament. I'm glad I got to watch the the Canada and U.S. game. Um, I missed the first portion of it because I played hockey, but I was able to catch the second half of it. It was just an entertaining and fun game. Those girls can really move, and they can fly on the ice, so it was really fun to see. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I was surprised about the men. I was like, no Canada or U.S., like not even taking home a medal. I mean, that's that's usually not the case, so that was, you know... Um, you know, not not the uh, norm that we're used to, but yeah, definitely happy for Team Finland. 
uh, happy for Tamu. Tamu's over there uh, actually covering the Olympics, in case you didn't know. So he'll be coming back over here soon. So, yeah, and then uh, the women winning in, in uh, gold for Canada and U.S. coming up in second. So at least you had a battle there um, if you didn't catch it. But that's that's what happened. I didn't really watch any of the other Olympics, but um, that's, that's kind of what happened there. So we did also have uh, around the league, we had a few trades and things going on. Um, you know, a couple little things, I guess, uh, former duck, as you know, Nick Ritchie, he ended up, uh, getting traded and he's closer, I guess, to home, if you want to call it that, cause he was with the ducks. He's now in Arizona. So you had that trade and then, um, you know, we we're talking about Toronto, right? Cause with the ducks, right? So they, they already did something with Arizona and then <laughs> they also, uh, acquired, uh, goalie Carter Hutton for Eddie's favorite future considerations. So what did you think about it? Anything on this, Eddie? I mean, we, we talked about Toronto making moves. It was funny. I was, uh, before we recorded this, I was talking about how they were going to do stuff and then they, they already started doing things. So I'm, I'm not really surprised here and, and, and whatnot, but um, it was just interesting to see too because they um, what else did they have in here? Toronto had uh, Dzingle was uh, on waivers and San Jose claimed him. So Toronto's doing some stuff, Eddie. Here, oh yeah, as they should. Uh, they haven't been playing great. They lost against Montreal, and you know the media over there just likes to jump on them. Um, Dzingle actually made his uh, San Jose debut against the Ducks, and you saw him trying to mix it up and be that kind of physical presence, which he's not really known for that, but he's trying to stay in the roster and kind of earn his spot. Um, future considerations, Mike. I'm still gonna get that on a jersey one day. I, I keep saying that, but I'm really gonna get that on a, a, a Ducks jersey or something. I think it's the funniest. I, I think it's stupid. Just, just say it's for nothing or for a dollar or McChicken or, or whatever or for a beer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Nick Ritchie. I think he didn't work out in Toronto. I, I don't know. I've never been a fan of him. I think he's a lazy player. Uh, he's an asshole too, personally. Uh, stories I've heard from him. So, I mean, just could care less where he goes or I couldn't care less where he goes and I, I don't see him staying in the NHL much too longer so he'll have a nice little career in the in the A uh once that time comes or he'll you know what no he's actually gonna play okay my bad I cut you off but Arizona too forgot to put this in our notes they're gonna play at ACU uh next season they're gonna play at a college like a 5,000 stadium college and we haven't used the the F-bomb yet in this show, so, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is the NHL not doing something to step in and allowing Arizona to play at a college? That's just the dumbest thing in the world to hear. It's just, I don't know why they're so harp on holding on to this franchise so much. It just seems like their time is kind of ticking. And I'm sorry for the fans in Arizona. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys are, are loyal and, and the team, but it's just, you guys are playing at a college? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't get that either. Uh, they're playing at ASU, and, and I think the rink is like five or six thousand. I think I don't know. It's, I think it's less. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's a weird situation with them. I, I was like, really, I was kind of, I was hoping maybe they would like go to a rink like closer to the California Arizona border, you know, like maybe closer to the the, the bungalow, you know, where we hang yes. out. So you yes. know, that would have been kind of cooler, but. Um, I don't know. The Arizona situation is crazy. I, I just don't I don't get it. I mean, the thing's not working out at Gila Arena and all that, and, and now they're going to be playing over there. And, like, I know their GM's like, oh, it's going to be a crowd, you know, that's going to be packed in and all this stuff. I'm like, um, you're playing at ASU, like, in a small rink. It would be, I, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. And, and you're right. I think, I mean, if they can't get this figured out, 
this might be a situation where Arizona, the Coyotes need to just go to another state, you know, or go to Canada or something. I mean, I don't, I don't want them to. I'm not saying that, but I mean, if they can't get stuff figured out with any of the city officials and in, in the various locations in the state of Arizona, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. The the other thing that you touched on too is um, it's kind of funny because you mentioned Richie being an a hole. Well. We, we had uh, Sean Avery back in the news, and, and you want to talk about a, a big asshole. Um, he uh, signed a contract uh, in the ECHL and then was released a few games after that, and that got a big rise out of the internet, Eddie. And this, this guy, I can tell you from personal experience, is, is just a jerk. He uh, parties his ass off when he was with the Kings. He had a house in like the Hollywood Hills area, and he just would... I, I knew people up that way, and he... It was just crazy. Had these crazy parties uh, to early in the morning, uh, causing problems for you know the, the city officials and the police and and issues with the neighbors. And um, I was shocked to see that he was even back for that. But then when he was gone in, in a couple of days, that, that made me happy. <laughs> I think it was all like a, pub, a publicity stunt. I know he does some acting now. Um, I, I was actually talking about this. I was like, how is Sean Avery going to be in the coast? And try to fight when he had all those like what ten thousand dollars. I heard he taught uh, on a podcast on Spit and Chicklets. He talked about for his veneers. He's doing like background acting work and acting. I, I don't know. It, it was a publicity stunt. He is an asshole. But I don't know. Like part of me likes that kind of that asshole personality and some of his content that he posts. But yeah, this, this was nothing more than just uh, hey, well we have Sean Avery. They sold a bunch of jerseys. He went to the ice for a few times, and that was just it. Uh, maybe it's for a movie he's trying to film who knows but it was just funny it was entertainment and we were all entertained we're talking about it so of course it's entertainment yeah i i was talking about it with some of the old city sports guys too and just cracking up about it you know we have a a chat with them too now so we have our ducks and pucks chat in their chat and we kind of go back and forth so it's kind of funny we share news another thing that people went nuts about eddie was your other team colorado you want to talk about this incident and share your thoughts on this Oh, yeah, so apparently something happened with, with McKinnon in the face-off circle he wasn't happy with. He went to go slash one of the Boston players, but the ref kind of like got in his way, and he ended up hitting the ref in the back of the leg. Yes, it's a, like a minimum 10-game suspension if you intentionally uh, intentionally hit a ref. Remember uh, Vermette from the Ducks did that a while, what, it was like years ago, when he like didn't like something happened in the face-off. He kind of tapped the ref in the back of the shin. He was suspended. Well, it turned out that it was just a pure accident. McKinnon wasn't going for the ref. He was going for the Boston player. They talked to McKinnon. They talked to the referee. The referee at that moment and being right there up close understood and saw McKinnon trying to hit the Boston player, not him. So he didn't get suspended at all. It's a pure accident. Everyone flipped out. Oh, he's the poster boy. He should have got suspended. Maybe I'm biased because I like Colorado. They're my second team. And I say McKinnon's probably one of my favorite players in the league. Maybe I'm biased, but it's just it's one of those things. It's like you, you try to hit someone else, the ref got in the way, or the Boston player moved too quick. You accidentally hit the ref. No harm, no foul. The referee himself understood what was going on, didn't make a big deal of it, and it is what it is. Just, just let it go. But fans are still going nuts. It's, just, it's funny. Yeah, that's how it is. We've talked about that on social media. People go nuts over certain things, and it's pretty hilarious. I saw some people going crazy and they were referencing the vermet thing too which is not quite the same like you said i mean i i saw it too and i did think that he would get fined or maybe uh, uh, booted for a game or two or something uh, i thought there would be some 
thing out of it, you know, but um, it, obviously nothing happened, like you said, and it was an accident. If they went and talked to, about it and everything, then fine. You know, I, I, I was a little surprised that, that there wasn't anything. I thought there would at least be something, you know, but, uh, you know, they worked it out, like you said. So if it, he's trying to swat the player and, and then on the follow through, hit the ref and, you know, they talked it out and it's fine. Then, I mean, all, all to them. So, um, the, the last little bit, uh, to talk about is another former duck, uh, Perry got his 400th goal with Tampa Bay, Eddie. So that's exciting. It, you know what? The reason why I kind of throw this in here too, is not just that he scored the goal, but I don't know if you heard his comments. He also talked about Tangu and Getzloff too, as well, and playing with them and being with the ducks. So, I thought that was kind of cool that not only did he get that goal, but he talked about his time in Anaheim, you know, and how obviously having those guys and, and, and playing with a bunch of players here that, you know, of course helped him, you know, through, you know, get to that 400th goal. I thought that was class act. Oh yeah. That, that was awesome. Um, I've never been really a fan of Perry, but I loved everything he's done, he's done for the organization, helped us get a cup. Um, his, uh, Rocket Richard trophy, he did the phenomenal goals he scored. It's just, Good for him. I'm glad that he scored his 400. I'm glad he's having success over there and having fun in Tampa. Um, if the if the Avs or the Ducks somehow don't make a Cinderella run and win the cup, I wouldn't mind Tampa winning it again. Seeing Perry lift a second cup, I'm sure Getzloff would, would love seeing that for his, for his friend too. Uh, it was good. Congratulations to that. I'm glad he thanked uh, you know Getzloff and Slani. It's a real class thing to do. So it's uh, looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Um, I wanted to talk about too. I mentioned. Uh, I forgot you mentioned. I'm going to Vegas this weekend, Mike. I'm gonna wear the jersey in Vegas, the Kings jersey, and post a picture because I need to be inebriated before I uh, <laughs> I wear that. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I'll go ahead and post it to my personal Twitter, Mike. Do me a favor and don't retweet that on Ducks and Pucks, please. <laughs> but I, I, I might lock my account so you can't retweet and just post it real quick. Uh, too bad. Uh, too bad. Twitter doesn't have like Instagram does that little story where it like resets it in an hour. But yeah, I remember I talked on the show that I'd post it if I lost, and I, I'm a man of my word, and I'll, I'll I'll honor the bet. But yeah, I'll be in Vegas this weekend having good fun, blowing off steam. Um, yeah, I like to travel with a Ducks jersey every time I travel. So when I go over there, I'll be wearing a Ducks jersey too. So hopefully that kind of washes away me having to wear a Kings jersey for a picture. Yeah, man, I felt for you. I was I was disappointed the way the Ducks played in that Kings game, but then I remembered your bet, and I'm like, oh, dude, uh, you know. So, yeah, you you're gonna have some fun though. You're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show right here, and you're gonna hit the road, man. You have some fun, so that'd be a good time. I wish I could go, but I got too much too much stuff going on this weekend. But um, yeah, just uh, appreciate all you guys uh, listening to the show. We got all our new sponsors. We kind of sprinkled them out throughout the show. Some of the ones that we've had, and then also Old City Sports Network. And we are going to have a watch party finally, March 12th. Um, it'll be at the Steelcraft in Garden Grove. I'll end up putting out something on that in a little bit. We've just been kind of waiting for February to end. And uh, hopefully see all you guys at that. And then we may do another one in April too. I'm not really sure yet. So stick around and look for that. And we just appreciate all your support, guys, all the fan questions and everything else. So, uh, And a lot of good comments from you guys about the last shows and, and what you like and, and everything. So I'm happy about that. And uh, we'll see what happens. Crazy month coming up here in March. And uh, let's go Ducks.